0: welcome to Emma's ESL English. Today is the last day of Shakespeare week. This is my impromptu Shakespeare week. (laughs) We've already talked a little bit about the history of Shakespeare. We've used some of Shakespeare's vocabulary yesterday and today we're looking at Shakespeare's phrases. I mentioned in the first episode about the phrase that my lovely student had found in her book, that way madness lies, and this one comes from King Lear, which is a tragedy about a crazy king, among other things. In the play, it's not exactly worded like that, but over the years, that's what it has evolved to be, and we use this When something is happening or we can see that something's going to happen or could happen, that seems a little crazy. We might use this. But also if we have a choice to do something or not do something, and we know that if we follow that road, if we do that thing, then that's just a stupid idea. (laughs) It's just a really bad idea. So in that kind of situation, we would use this phrase. For example, I would help her moving her house, but she moves house every three weeks. That way madness lies. It's a really extreme example. (laughs) Nobody moves house every three weeks. But you can see the idea. Whatever the thing is, it's too crazy. So I don't want to even start. Because if I start, I'm heading towards crazy. I'm heading towards madness. Okay, next one is really common. It's not the be-all and end-all. I don't know if it's just my family, but definitely in my family we use this a lot. This actually comes from Macbeth, which we talked about yesterday. Macbeth is a tragedy about political power. It's not the be-all and is when we really want to do something, and maybe we're trying to make somebody feel better. So for example, let's say you are studying for your IELTS exam, and you're really, it's hard, and you don't like it at all. Your mother might say, don't panic. It's not the be all and end all, meaning that passing or failing your IELTS exam is not the end of the universe it's not like the worst thing ever if you fail your ielts exam he's eating us out of house and home this one the internet thinks was popularized rather than coined Hmm, coined there's a word coined we use to describe when somebody first does something. So that vocabulary we studied yesterday, like for example, gossip, we don't know whether Shakespeare coined the word gossip or whether it was taken from circulation already. So we don't know whether he invented it or not. We often use coined to describe coin a phrase. He coined a phrase. So these phrases we're talking about today are all phrases that Shakespeare coined, meaning that they're phrases that he first wrote down and we think also invented. However, eating us out of house and home, he did not coin that phrase. We have seen that phrase written down before Shakespeare. People before him used that phrase. So he's just using something that is in common use. And in this case, he's using it in Henry IV. Yeah, I wasn't kidding yesterday when I said he wrote about a lot of British kings. This is Henry IV, part two, but there is a part one to Henry IV, which tells you it's a long story and it is a historical play. He's eating us out of house and home is really common when we talk about teenagers, right? Teenagers, especially teenage boys, eat a lot of food. And we can say, whoa, he's eating us out of house and home, meaning he's eating so much food That we can't afford anything else. Usually this is not used seriously. It's usually a joking way to say that person is eating a lot. They wear their heart on their sleeve. Okay. That's a little weird. Why is your heart on your sleeve? Huh? That's what I love about idioms. They never make any sense. They wear their heart on their sleeve. It's from Othello. A tragedy. A tragedy which is set actually during a warring period between Venice and Cyprus. It's one of the few plays that has a black person as a main character, and it's really popular. If somebody wears their heart on their sleeve, it means that they give their heart very easily. They very easily fall in love, perhaps. Maybe when they're in a relationship with somebody, they very easily give their heart and show how much they love someone. If you wear your heart on your sleeve, it's sort of, it's not really a compliment because we think you're giving your heart too easily, but it's not really negative either because it's not saying that that's a bad thing. So we might say, I can see this isn't going to work out. She's going to leave him and I can see. It's all going to end in tears because he always wears his heart on his sleeve. Meaning that he gives his heart so easily. So we know he's going to be in pain. Next one. There's a method to her madness. This is from Hamlet, which we did talk about yesterday. It's a tragedy about the Prince of Denmark. And it is the longest Shakespeare play. There's a method to her madness. I use this one a lot. So this is the idea that somebody is doing something a little bit crazy, but we can see a reason for it. If I take a modern day example, I could say there was a method to President Trump's madness. He's a crazy guy, right? Arguably, he is super nuts crazy. But if we take, for example, the January 6th insurrection, his goal was to take over the government. So he had logic and reason in what he was trying to accomplish. There was method to his madness. The general population might look at what he was doing and say, that's super crazy. Why is he trying to kill our democracy? But from his perspective, it was a perfectly sensible way to get his own way. So there was method to his madness. It's a bit of an extreme example. Okay, next one's a little bit half of yesterday and half of today. That's a barefaced lie. Actually, the word barefaced is what we're looking at. So, it's a vocabulary word, barefaced, that was first used in Midsummer Night's Dream, which is a comedy based in Athens about lovers fighting. He used barefaced to describe somebody that didn't have a beard, which I guess in Shakespeare's time was a lot less common. We didn't have electric shavers, so maybe that's why. But it has evolved over time. Later writers started to put it together with lie. And now the idiom barefaced lie is more common. We don't really use barefaced by itself. We use barefaced lie. So that's a barefaced lie means that is not even... Trying to hide, it's really obviously a lie. Trump works really well for this situation, too, right? There are so many times when Trump says something and immediately the internet fact checks him and shows him, uh, no, dude, that's clearly a barefaced lie. When we think of someone who often tells us barefaced lies, We're thinking about someone who really is very blatant and shameless about lying. They don't care if you catch them or not. They don't have any concerns about lying. They just want to lie to get their own way. It's very common as a statement. Somebody says something and then we say, that's a barefaced lie. Okay, last one. She's got a heart of gold. This is from another historical play, Henry V. This actually, I think, became a song. Pretty sure there's a song about this. Anyway, she's got a heart of gold. Obviously, doesn't mean solid gold. But a heart of gold is actually not a romantic thing at all, even though hearts usually are in English. In this case, to have a heart of gold means that you're a really good person, a really good, nice person. We often use this to describe people who volunteer a lot or who do a lot of philanthropic work or who maybe they have a really big family that has a lot of health trouble and is really difficult to take care of, but they're always taking care of them. They're always helping everybody and putting other people in front of themselves. So we would say that they have a heart of gold. So is definitely a compliment. All right then. I hope that has been interesting for you. There's a lot more where this came from. There is a world of Shakespeare out there to discover. I'll put a couple of links in the blog of websites where you can find out more Shakespeare phrases and more Shakespeare vocabulary. But there's a lot. So this might be an interesting diversion for you, but I wouldn't say it's a good idea to learn everything. <laughs> And I think maybe it's also relevant to note that most native speakers don't know the root of the words or the idioms that they're using. In my head, I was thinking, that way madness lies, it sounds too well written to just be an average idiom. So I could figure that out, but a lot of native speakers wouldn't ever have thought, where did that idiom come from? Hmm, I wonder if it's one of Shakespeare's? No. It's not as if we're using these idioms because they're Shakespeare's words. They just have really bled into our culture and our language. If you have any questions about this or anything else to do with English, please let me know. You can email me at English at gmail.com. As I mentioned, I will put all of these words on the blog with some other interesting links. That's at emazeslenglish.com. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you all next week. Have a great weekend. Bye.